abiding relationship experience in Christ. If they gain that connection with Jesus, our power over them is broken. So let them go to their churches. Let them have their conservative lifestyles, but steal their time so they cannot gain that relationship with Jesus Christ. This is what I want you to do, angels. Distract them from gaining hold of their Savior and maintain that vital connection throughout their day. How shall we do this, shouted his angels. Keep them busy in the non-essentials of life and invent innumerable schemes to occupy their minds, he answered. Tempt them to spin, 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 and borrow, borrow, borrow. Persuade the wives to go to work for long hours and the husbands to work six to seven days each week, 10 to 12 hours a day, so they can afford their empty lifestyles. Keep them from spending time with their children. As their families fragment, soon their home will offer no escape from the pressures of work. Overstimulate their minds so they cannot hear that still small voice. Entice them to play the radio, the cassette players, the MP3 players whenever they are driving. Keep the TV, the VCR, the CDs, the DVDs, and their PCs going constantly in their homes. And see to it that every store and restaurant in the world plays non-biblical music constantly. This will jam their minds and break that union with Christ. Fill the coffee tables with magazines and newspapers. Pound their minds with the news 24 hours a day. Invade their driving moments with billboards. Flood their mailboxes with junk mail, mail-order catalog sweepstake offers, and every kind of newsletter and promotional ton and free products, services, and false hopes. Display skinny, beautiful models on the magazines so the husbands will believe that external beauty is what is important and they will become dissatisfied with their wives. Ha! That will fragment their families quickly. Even in their recreation, let them be excessive. Have them return from their recreation exhausted, disquieted, and unprepared for the coming week. Do not let them go out into nature to reflect on God's wonders. Send them to amusement parks, sporting events, concerts, and movies instead. Keep them busy, busy, busy. And when they meet for spiritual fellowship, involve them in gossip and small talk so they leave with troubled conscience and unsettled emotions. It was quite a convention. The evil angels went eagerly to their assignments, causing Christians everywhere to grow more busy and more rushed, going here and growing there. Has the devil been effective in your life? Anybody see any of that happening? Is your mailbox like mine getting full of junk? <laughs> yeah. So he's at work. Amen. But we must be wise as serpents and harmless as doves, amen. So we have to be aware of the schemes that the enemy is trying to bring against us because he is trying to prevent us from worshiping God. And we have to overcome these things of the world. For example, probably all of us watch television, but some of us watch so much that we don't have time 
to study the Word of God. We don't have time to pray. We know more about what is going on in the world through television than we do what is going on in the Bible. And that's what Satan desires us to do. He does not want you to build an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. He knows if you build a relationship with Jesus, his power over you is broken. Amen. And so, therefore, we have to follow the Word of God. It is true that good works done for the glory of God is is indeed worship. But this is not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the philethory of good works. Sometimes we do things. We could be a teacher. We could be a preacher. Or whatever you're doing for the kingdom of God, This, you know, it, we're not careful. You know, it, it can become our worship. Instead of worshiping God. Amen. We, Jesus says, I shall have no other God before me. The good news is that we are not left without hope. We have been given the ability to overcome. Amen. John says, as I said earlier, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Martin Luther said of John 16:33 that it was worthy to be carried from Rome to Jerusalem upon one's knees. The world is a vanished enemy. Satan is humble foe. And all that believers have to do is put their trust in the captain of their salvation, put on the whole armor of God, assured that their victories is theirs, and that the church shall shine forth as the moon, amen, clear as the sun, terrible as an army with the banner, according to Psalms of Solomon 6.10. Jesus overcame the prince of the world by his death. Therefore, if we are going to overcome the world, then we too must follow his example, amen. And that's where we're heading tonight, is we're going to overcome this world. Praise God. And the first thing we have to look at is 1 John 2, 15 through 17. John tells us here, he says, love not the world. Amen. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abide it forever. Amen. Notice what John says. And this is where, again, a lot of Christians fell. Amen. Notice, when we, oftentimes you hear the word the world, people focus on everything out there. Okay, that's not what he's saying here when he says don't love the world. When God created the world, the world was good. Jesus made the trees, he made the birds, he made the bees, the oceans, everything for his people. Okay, all right. So notice what John tells you he's referring to when he says the world. Okay. All that is in the world, number one, lust of the flesh. Number two, lust of the eye. And number three, the pride of life. If you overcome these three things, you overcome the world. It's not everything out there. I can love that beautiful apple tree. I can love that beautiful cardinal, that blue jay. God put us in this world. He knew where we were. 
Now, notice what Jesus prayed. Amen. Go to John chapter 17 real quick. Amen. Go to John 17. And I think I'm going to drop down somewhere around about verse 17. I might be getting ahead of myself here, but that's okay. We have a tendency to do that anyhow, don't we? Amen. Yeah. Start with verse 17. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. As thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I also sent them into the world. Yeah? And for their sake I sanctify myself, that they also might be sanctified through thy truth. Neither pray I for these alone, but all them which shall believe on me through their word. That they all may be one as thou, Father, are in me, and I in thee. They that also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. And the glory which thou gavest me, I have given them, that they may be one, even as we are one. Amen. See, so he sent us into the world. So we have to overcome the world. You know, Jesus also prayed, I'm not praying you take them out of the world, but that the world through them might be saved. See? So we have to learn how to overcome the things of the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. You see, because these three things are the enemy's weapons. This is what he's going to come after you with. If you notice what I read, that's what he's talking about, the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. Go to Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3, we know what Satan and how he tempted Eve, right? Notice what he tempts Eve with. Amen. If you, you go there real quick, and then we'll go to Matthew chapter 4 as well. There. Genesis 3, 1 through 6. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Yea, have God said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the tree of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God had said, You shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it lest you die. And the serpent said unto the woman, You should not surely die. For God doth know that in the day that you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Notice, And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, lust of the flesh, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, lust, of the eyes, and a tree desired to make one wise, pride of life. She took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat, and we know their eyes were open. Amen? So notice, he tricked her. He brought her right into his scheme. This is why Paul is saying, 
the wiles and the schemes of the devil. You can't allow him to trick you into these things. Now go to Matthew chapter number 4, starting with verse 1. Matthew chapter 4, verse 1. Then was Jesus led up out of the, of the, led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted forty days and forty nights, he was afterwards and hungered. And when the tempter came to him, he said, said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. Lust of the flesh. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. Then the devil take him up into the high city and set him on a pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge over thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest thou at any time should dash thy foot against the stone. Jesus said unto him, It is written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Again the devil take him up into exceeding high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them and said unto him, All these things will I give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, Get thee hence, hate Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shall thou serve. Notice the same three things, lust of the flesh. Lust of the eye and the pride of life, the world. Amen. But how did Jesus overcome him? By the word of God. Amen. That's why when heaven meets hell at the weak point, you need to have the word of God inside of you. Amen. You are from heaven. Amen. You are your father. This is what Paul says. You bore the image of the earthly. Now you've got to bear the image of the heaven. As a newborn begin believer, you are the heavenly. So when you meet Satan in his temptation and his trials and his weapons to try to deceive you and to trick you, you need to have the word of God in your heart so that you know what to do so that you can overcome him. That's why Jesus showed him when he says, I've overcome the world. He's saying, I've overcome Satan and his schemes and his tricks, and I have given you the same power to overcome him too. My word, amen. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word, amen. The Word of God is quick, it is powerful, it is sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividers of under, of soul and spirit, and joint and mire, and is the discerner of the thoughts and the intent of the heart. Amen. Hebrews 4.12. Amen. You, the Word of God. You need to have the Word of God inside of you. Because Jesus says the Word will tell you what to say at the appropriate time. You begin to become a doer of God's Word and not a hearer only, as James says, your deeds are going to be blessed. You can stand against anything that comes against you when the Word of God is hidden in your heart. David says in Psalms 119, verse 11, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I will not sin against thee. Amen. The entrance to thy word give it light. So God's word will show you the things that you need to do to be an overcomer of the enemy who is trying to destroy you. Notice, Satan tried to get Jesus to worship him. That's what he wants. If he can get you to not worship God, 
then he knows you're going to worship him. If he can draw you away to go after the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eye and the pride of life, you're going to worship him and not God. So you need to be aware of this thing. Amen. When you, ha- you have to get wisdom. That's why the Bible is constantly admonishing us above all things. It's the principal thing. You've got to know what you're doing, what you're doing, and why you are doing it. Amen. Just because you see other people doing things does not mean it's right. Amen. The Bible even tell you just because they're not being expediently punished, don't get drawn into that because it will happen. Amen. So you have to be aware of these things. Paul told Timothy in First Timothy, I mean Second Timothy three sixteen and seventeen. He says all Scripture, the whole Bible, has fourfold purpose. Number one, Amen. What is it? Doctrine, teachings, and facts and truth. Doctrine, doctrine, doctrine. Amen. Doctrine has proven to be true. Amen. That's what doctrine is. Alright. So the first fold is doctrine. All of the scripture is to teach you truth. Amen. It has been proven time and time again. Isn't it amazing that truth is always the number one seller on the list? No matter how bad the world gets out there, Every, the end of every year, the Bible ranks as the number one book sold. Amen. Amen. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will not pass away, Jesus said. So it's always going to be the number one seller. And I think every person that said they're a child of God, if it's the number one seller, I think I might want to read it. <laughs> you know? If every year this book is, I want to know something about the author. I want to know something. Do you know the author? I think the Hebrews 12 says, you know, uh, lay aside every weight and every sin that so easy beset us and let us run with patience, looking unto Jesus, who's what? The author and the finisher of our faith. I want to know about the author. Amen. So, you know, so I got to know him. That's why Paul says, oh, that I might know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. Amen. So number one is for doctrine. Number two, it is for reproof. What is reproof? To reprove you. (laughs) Straighten you out. (laughs) Amen. So the word of God reproves you. It caused you, and really, if you want to be serious, it'll criticize you when it's wrong, you're wrong. <laughs> God don't have a problem criticizing you. <laughs> you know, I know there's no condemnation to there is in Christ Jesus, but the Word of God will criticize you to let you see where you're wrong. Uh, number three, correction. Correction. <laughs> in other words, discipline. Discipline. It'll discipline you. It'll make you do what's right versus wrong. You know? It it will. If you're going to be a Christian, you're going to have to do what it says. It's designed to discipline you. Amen. 
And number four, instructions in righteousness. Amen. It wants you to do right. See? You don't want to do wrong. Right. Yeah. It's going to give you the directions. See? How to do what is right versus do what is wrong. It'll show you. Look, if you ever read Deuteronomy 28 in your Bible, sometimes in your spare time, let me encourage you this week. Just read Deuteronomy 28. Moses is telling you, if you do these, you'll be blessed. If you don't, you'll be cursed. Simple. That's, that's pretty simple stuff. So why would I want to curse myself <laughs> when I can be blessed? It don't take rocket scientists to figure this stuff out. You know, so I'm not going to curse myself. I want to be blessed. I, uh, I'm doing this thing because I love the Lord. I know, you know, my actions has got to reprove it. So, so just read that. Amen. Because, see, we, there's these trends that we grow up with in our lives, traditions and things that in our lives that we grow up with that need to be broken. See? You got to break that curse. I get people, oh, my granddad was a drunk. My dad was a drunk, so I guess I'm going to be a drunk. Wrong answer. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things become new. If my granddad was a drunk, my dad was a drunk, why do I need to be a drunk? I need to break that trend so that my kids don't follow that pathway. Okay, you know, no, 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 no. My dad was abuser. My mom was abuser. So I guess I'm going to be. No, wrong answer. You know, you are a new creature in Christ Jesus. Old things are passed away. So we've got to break that trend. That's why Deuteronomy 6, 4 through through 5. Amen. 4 and 5. Notice what Moses says. Amen. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, mind, soul, and strength. And these words I command you this day shall be hidden in your heart, and you shall teach them diligently to your children, right? Amen. Notice. Go back to verse 5 real quick. Thank you. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy might. Amen. See, if, 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 if I love God... With everything, I don't have no room for the world. See? When I say the world, don't forget now what I'm talking about when I say the world. I'm not talking about everything out there. I'm talking about the lust. I'm talking about the lust of the flesh. I'm talking about the lust of the eye. I'm talking about the pride of life. See, the thing you've got to realize is if it becomes a want, it's going to usually be associated with lust. But if it's a need, then it'll be associated with love. See? Because the scripture says, My God shall supply all your need. In Philippians 4 19. God shall supply all your need. He didn't say a thing about your wants. See? See? I get people who says, I want a church that'll teach me truth. You know? No, I need a church that'll teach me truth. See? Because if I want a church to teach me truth, when I disagree, then I leave. See? 
See, so, so we got to break some of these chains. Matthew six nineteen through 33. Matthew six nineteen. Lay not up for yourselves treasures on the earth. Why are you going to put your treasure here? You, you plan on staying forever? Huh? Where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. For neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is... There will your heart be also. See, so if your treasure is here, your heart's going to be here. See? All right? Let's keep going. Next scripture. The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, what will happen? Your whole body is going to be full of light. In other words, if you stay focused on Jesus. Do you know why you put these things called blinders on a mule and a horse? So he looks straight ahead. You don't want him looking off to the side and see the green grass because that's where he'll start to go and mess your row up. See? So the blinders keep him looking. He can only look straight ahead. And so that's where he goes. But if you don't have those blinders, he's going to be all over the place. Okay? So Jesus is using the same analogy. He says, if you set your focus on where you're going, then your whole body is going to remain light. You're going to heaven. You're going to a better place. Set your affections in Colossians 3, 1, on things above and not on the things of this earth. For you're dead and your life is hid in Christ. Amen. Verse 22, 3. But if thine eye be evil, your whole body is going to be what? You'll be full of darkness. If you never start doing what is right, evil. You know, it's one letter from the devil, right? You put a D with evil, you got devil, right? <laughs> so you, you, your whole body is going to be full of darkness. And we know God don't dwell in darkness. Let's see, this is where First John 5, you know, First John chapter 1, verse 5 says, you know, this is the message. If we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie. See? Amen. If therefore the light that is in thee be dark, how great is that darkness? And if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. Go back the other way. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Back to Matthew. Everybody with me? Matthew chapter 6. Verse 24, I think it is now. Then said Jesus to his disciples, If any man will come after me, no man can serve two masters. For either he will what? Hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one to despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Amen. You cannot serve God and mammon. Riches and things of this world. Say, you've got to love God with all your heart, 
mind, soul, and strength. Verse 25. Therefore I say to you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat, what you shall drink, nor for your body, what you shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body than clothes? You know, raiments, clothes. Verse 26. Behold the fowls of the air. They don't sow, neither do they reap, nor gather barns, yet your heavenly Father feed them. Aren't you much better than the birds? Yes, you are. Behold, okay, verse 27. Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit to his statue? You can't change you. God does it. Amen. Verse 28. And why take you thought for clothes? Consider the lilies of the field. How they grow, they toil not, neither do they spin. And yet, verse 29, I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory is not away like one of these. If God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is, and the mar is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O you a little faith? Verse 32. 31, 32. For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things. Notice, God knows you need clothes. He'll provide. Amen. Verse 33. But seek first what? The kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. The kingdom of God is not meat and drink. See? It's not meat and drink. But it's righteousness, peace. Enjoy in the Holy Ghost, Romans fourteen seventeen, Amen. Seek first the kingdom. That's where you want to set your affection. That's where you're going. Amen. And verse 33, uh, 34 says, Sufficient for the day is the evils thereof for tomorrow. You know, the, don't worry about tomorrow. It's going to take, bring enough troubles itself with it. All right. So just focus right now and right here. Amen. So we got to realize that we're going to overcome this world, amen, we have to set our affections on things above. The love of God and the love of the earth, earthly things are incompatible. If you give place to the love of the world, the love of God cannot dwell in you. And if you have not His love, you can have no peace, nor holiness, no heaven. We are not to fix our affections on worldly objects. Don't fix your focus on worldly objects. Amen. They're fleeting. They're going away. That's why when you look at the world, the world is constantly changing. Every time you turn around, there's a new fad. Amen. Matter of fact, I think it's 1 Corinthians 7.31. I think Paul says the fashions of this world, they're passing. You know, people are using it. I think it's 1 Corinthians 7.31. He says that the the fashions of this world passeth away. The people are abusing the world. You stop and think about it. You know, there's so much evil in the world. See? So things are passing away. You know, the world out there that you see, if you stop and think about it, it's almost like a movie. It's almost like a theater play. Scenes constantly keep changing, changing. Things keep changing. You know, I, I'm going on 66, you know, and you, you stop and think about it. You know, I can remember when I was your age, Michaela, you know what we wore? Man, we had bell-bottom pants, big-collar shirts, 
big medallion hanging around your neck, man. Big afro stuck out here, man. Walk around with a pick in your pocket, picking out your afro. You know, high heel platform shoes with the heels about this big. We were staying alive. We were staying alive. You know. Think about it. <laughs> Think about it. And now, what do you see? You know, that's gone. And people walking around with their pants down the, you know. You know, hats turned around backwards. You know, pants on the ground, pants on the ground, looking like a fool with your pants on the ground. You know. Think about it. It's passing away. You know, tattoos, body piercing, it's going to pass away. It's a fad. It's a fashion of this world. It's going to pass away. This is why the Bible tells you don't set your affections on these things. It's only temporal. See? This external conditions is going to move away. So, see, you can overcome this by studying the Word of God and letting your life be a reflection of holiness and separated unto the Lord. Draw nigh to God and He'll draw nigh to you. Resist the devil and He'll flee from you. Amen. This is what you want to do. Don't get caught up in these fads and these things that are coming. You know, it's slowly sneaking into the church. You know, so you have to be careful. Stay close to God. He's the light. He will give you light. He will show you wisdom. He will show you knowledge. He will show you understanding. Be not like the horse and the mule, which has no understanding, which has got to have bits in their mouths and be led with brattles, the Scripture tells you. Amen. You can overcome this world. Amen. Don't fix your affections on these objects of this world. You know, it's going to pass. Praise God. The world should not be your portion. David says in Psalm 73, 26, the Lord is my portion. He says the Lord is my strength and my portion forever. Amen. Give me more of God. I had enough of the world. See, I've been there. I know. I just showed you some of what I used to do. <laughs> I don't need that no more. This world is no longer my home. I'm just passing through. I'm, I'm trying to get everybody I can out of it so I can carry them with me to that better place. Amen. I, I got to become like Abraham and, and his family. Look for a city whose builder and maker is God. Amen. They became what? Strangers and pilgrims in the earth. That's what you got to be is a stranger and a pilgrim. You know, I'm just passing through here. I'm going to enjoy the beautiful things that God has out there, but I ain't not putting my stakes into those things. Amen. Because those things can flee. You, you ever stop and talk to some of these homeless people you, you talk when you see them? You don't be afraid to of them. I mean, you go up and listen to some up, and some up will tell you some stories that will make you cry. You know, because they had it all. They had riches. They had much money. They had a lot, you know, and let the world get into their hearts and their minds 
And the next thing you know, everything they had was gone. Because of the lust of the eye and the lust of the flesh and the pride of life. And they lost everything that they had. They allowed greed. They allowed, they wanted more. Because that's what the world will do to you. I know of many people who Hollywood has destroyed their lives. You know, because of lust of the flesh, lust of the eye, and the pride of life. It will pick you up and drop you like a rock. Amen. You, you talk to some of these people. You look at some of them, how their lives is turned upside down. Because they went after those enemy Try to trick them. I, I can remember when I first came in the church, and you know, I can remember it used to be salty to sing along songbook. I don't know if you anybody remember that or not, but it was this big purple songbook, and he would sing songs, and the kids would be around him, and the kids would sing songs and stuff. And and there was one segment there. It was called Charity Church Mouse, and and Charity it was was wanted to be a singer, so she didn't want to sing. In the, in the church, she felt she had a great voice, and so Charity wanted to, to go big. And so Mouse Tail Records tried to offer her a contract. And, and the song is said, oh, no, don't do it, Charity. And they just keep going, don't do it, Charity. Don't do it, Charity. You know, it's a trap. It's a trap. Yeah, mousetrap records, you know, and so, and just as she's getting ready to sign the contract, she's able to get away. Because if she'd have sung the, signed the contract, she'd have been trapped, you know. But that's what they do. That's what they do. They get you to sign the contract. And the next thing you know, you're hooked, you're trapped, you know. Got to meet those demands, you know. If, if you want to, if you want to to listen to another good story, Helen Beller, which is a, a great uh, a Christian singer, she used to sing in the world. She tells her story at 13 years old. She was in the nightclubs singing behind Rufus and Chaka Khan and some of the worldly icons and stuff. At 13 years old, she says I was making more money than my mom and dad put together. At 13, singing in a nightclub. And she says, then all of a sudden it became alcohol and then it became pills to get up and pills to go to bed and drugs and cocaine and marijuana and everything. And she says, and all of a sudden she was doing so much and she and she met this guy and this guy was a drug dealer. And the guy began to have her to drop cocaine to different states and different places that she was traveling, you know, and he just tell her, you can have as much as you want. You know, just drop it and get the money and bring back when you come and stuff. And she says, and all of a sudden her life was spinning out of control with pills and alcohols and drugs. And and all of a sudden she, one night she had taken some cocaine and she fell up against the wall. You know, and she says, I was dying. And she says she believed the only thing saved her was she had a praying grandmother. You know, and she says she got her life together. You know, after that episode. But that's what the world is designed to do. Lust of the eye, lust of the flesh, and the pride of life is designed 
to destroy you. So draw nigh to God, and he'll draw nigh to you. Resist the devil. You're not ignorant, Paul says, of his devices. We're not ignorant of Satan. He only got three weapons. See? So we have to overcome these things. Amen. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God, through the pulling down of the stronghold, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Amen. We can overcome this world, brothers and sisters. And so that's where our focus is going to be this month, is how to teach, how to overcome this world. So next week, we're going to be talking about how to overcome the flesh. And then we'll talk about how to overcome these eyes. And then we will talk about how to overcome this pride of life. Amen. Amen. Praise God. So study your lessons. <laughs> you know, have questions. You can text, email, and we will see what the Lord will do. Again, brethren, 8 o'clock Saturday morning for men's prayer. Amen. Then guys grow right after that. Amen. For an hour or so Sunday service. Amen. We're excited about what God is doing. So keep the Midwinter South. If you're going to go to Midwinter South, that is in Oak Creek Parkway Apostolic Church. Amen. Out in Milwaukee. Amen. And their service is the same time Thursday. Their speaker is Brother Art Wilson. Uh, who is from uh, a pastors in Detroit, and also he's uh, have a, a service going at the United Nations in New York, Amen. And then also Brother Roy Grant will be ministering from Madison, and also Brother Putnam, Amen. So we're excited about what God is doing. So keep everyone in prayer, encourage people, Amen. Be a witness, invite people to church, teach them a Bible study. Whatever you can do there, elevate the kingdom of God. Amen. Let's do it. Father, again, we love you. Thank you so much, God, for your goodness and blessings. Be with your people. Keep your hand upon each and every one of them, God. Love them like never before. Draw them closer to you, Lord God, that we can overcome this world. And we give you praise and thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Greet